0: Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast, live from the boogie down Bronx. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, our co-host today, Dave Anderson, and our producer, William Jeffers. And today we'll be talking about accessibility with technology and websites and engineering and development. Just accessibility all around. This is honestly a field that I am not fully familiar with. I know that they're things that one would need to do to make sure that their website is accessible, but I'm pretty sure I've slipped through the cracks in a lot of, you know, problems
1: when yeah, building these websites. Uh, I'm definitely curious to learn more about it. Like, I've from what I understand, it's not just alt text, but maybe that's a good start
2: <laughs> for some I, cases. I have done a fair amount of accessibility work, so I can vouch that there is more than alt text.
0: There's more than alt text. Oh, I've been messing up, bro. <laughs> oh my god, I am so sorry. Anyone who's listening who had to deal with the accessibility tools, visiting websites that I've delivered or created, my apologies.
1: Yeah, I don't sue me. I've I've recently started like thinking about it a little bit more, being exposed to people who are like working on it, trying to you know make things better. And I've realized, like, how many sins I've made in the past where, like, my linter tells me I need an alt text on that SVG or that image. And I'm, like, alt text equals it's a picture. Oh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, it, a linter doesn't tell you, like, why or, yeah. like, what's a meaningful alt text. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god, imagine someone who's unable to see oh, it's a pic. Oh, that's that's informative. Yes. That is a picture. Or
1: <laughs> really, right. like, even worse, it's like it's just a whole page filled with like just this is a picture. This is a picture. <laughs> this, is a picture. <laughs> this is a picture.
0: I imagine that the there there may have been some legal requirements that uh now websites will have to follow and I William had mentioned one earlier today uh, when we which started the conversation, which was the WCAG. Is that correct, William?
2: Yeah, WCAG. It put out by the W3C, the that you know governing body for the internet. I think it stands for the like the Web Committee Accessibility Guidelines or something like that. But anyway, they just they they did. I think they're coming out with like a 2.1. They're on 2.0 is the main one, the main version of the the accessibility guidelines that most people are trying to comply with. And basically it's just like some formal guidelines for how to apply all of the different laws that affect web accessibility in terms of actual like rubber meets the road engineering and design tactics. So they do things like say okay, this is an acceptable color contrast ratio or this is you know, an acceptable, like, navigation strategy for your website. Because, like, the American Disabilities Act doesn't say anything about websites or or how to build them properly. It just says that stuff has to be accessible, and then there have been a number of legal interpretations of those laws that apply to the websites. And there are more right. coming in all the time.
1: Right. So the the actual, like, legal requirements are fairly broad, but then it's up to organizations to develop practices that will help you meet the legal requirements for people of many different categories of disability.
2: Yeah. So there are a bunch of different kinds of disabilities, right? You have, like, um, visual impairments, you have audio impairments, you have motor function impairments. Some of these impairments are temporary and some of them are permanent. One example that I really like is if you are holding a baby on a crowded train and you are using website on your phone, you are temporarily impaired. So how easy is your website to use for somebody who has that particular temporary impairment?
1: Wow, I guess that, that's, that's like really that's me gonna, all the time. That really is me
2: all <laughs> the
0: time. That is me all the
1: time. I'm holy, always carrying Geo all the time. I've never thought about that. Okay, so what what websites Ooh. are not meeting the needs? Let's. I mean, I, now I have to think. But it's like, oh,
0: like when the text is too small. Like for yeah, example, exactly. if I'm trying, like if there's like a small plus. Hey, here's one. There's like a small plus. That opens up like an accordion to the bottom of it, but right under the plus is a photo that takes you to a different link. And I'm like, no, I wanted to open the accordion. I didn't want oh, to go to the man. site. I'm,
1: I'm looking. I'm looking at this like cheat sheet of uh, accessibility tips that somebody shared earlier today, and that's like number one on designing for users with physical or motor disabilities. Like, mm. do not have a small click box. You gotta, you gotta get make a Large click box for your thing. Like, if you have a, <laughs> it's a little plus, it, it can't just be like the little tiny plus. It has to be like the area around it. So that way, like, you can fat finger it while you're holding Geo.
0: Yeah, no, I always fat finger the wrong link in this website I visit all the time. I don't want to blow them up, though, because I really like visiting it, but it's like, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel oh like some gosh. things
1: are like intentionally unaccessible to us, particularly with like ads. Like, ads are kind of like a dubious space. To begin with, <laughs> yeah, in in the web, but like for me, I I, I feel the <laughs> the pain of a user who may have some impairment when I'm trying to like close the ad. I'm trying to click the little X button on it, and it's just like taking me to the page. And I've I've just clicked on this ad <laughs> like five times, and I don't know why you'd even want that because like if you're, I mean, it's like as the ad provider, you want that because then they're getting more clicks and you're getting paid, but then. The person who's paying for the ad has to pay for that. Yeah.
2: Dark yeah. patterns. No. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Dark patterns. Dark right. patterns. Yeah, right. There's like a whole list of things that you you can do if you're trying to build like a hall of shame website for
2: the <laughs> accessibility. Oh, yeah. But this is an example of how making your website accessible makes it a better user experience for uh, users who don't have any impairments as well.
1: Mm, that's true. It's just... Being a general good guy,
0: I mean, even that example you mentioned with the with the plus, like that is clearly something that's like I didn't even consider that being affecting people with disability more so than like alt tag, which is like cra It's like mind boggling that I didn't even associate the two. Right, like maybe you know, if I if I if I'm Holy G and that happens to me, imagine someone else who you know who can't control their hand when they try to click something, say like with Parkinson's or something like that, uh, try to visit this website, they'll probably have a horrible time as well.
1: Right. Yeah, I feel like the first thing that I always thought of with accessibility was like the alt text, which I guess is mainly there for the screen reader, for you know people who are blind, but there are other categories of disability that don't really fall into that and won't be really helped by alt alt text like like the motor or you know, people with low vision maybe will not be using a screen reader because it's like that's a really extreme solution. Like they have some ability to see.
2: Have you, you know, guys used a screen reader before? Be helped.
0: No, I have not.
1: It's cool. Can I just, like, turn it on? Or I feel like I've, like, accidentally hit the keyboard shortcut on my computer. It's, like, you know, sticky keys or something like that on a Windows where you're just, like, typing and you accidentally hit the accessibility option. Or you hit the space bar,
0: did. like, eight times and then, like, something comes up.
1: Right. It's the Konami code on your keyboard. And then, yeah. like, all of a sudden it starts reading everything really loud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in an opportune moment. <laughs> mm-hmm
2: yeah I've definitely done
1: that on my Windows machine
2: before, yeah it comes pre installed on your on most computers, and it's cool as a web developer to open it up and see what happens when you try and navigate your website with the screen reader on It's kind of eye opening like you start to see how this could be a really terrible user experience for people who are actually blind and If you go to websites that handle accessibility really well, like Google does a good job of this. You can see, well, you know, how different it is when people actually design for web accessibility.
0: Wait, the, so like if I act, I can activate it on my machine and then just like if I turn all of these on and then I visit a website, that's I can tell whether it's good design or bad, like in, on an Apple machine or is it like a plugin that I would use in Chrome?
2: It comes pre-installed on your Mac. You just turn it on and then close your eyes and try and use the Internet.
0: Whoa, oh that is crazy. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I might have to try that today. Just like I'm going to Facebook. Let's see what I can do.
1: I feel like a podcast is a good medium too for showing off a screen reader. <laughs> I would love to have like a overdub right now where it's like, you know, just going through the podcast uh show notes and just seeing how accessible they are. Yeah.
2: I really recommend cranking up the like the reader speed because it, when it reads really slowly, it's really painful to listen to. But if you put it on like three X, you can still understand what the screen reader is saying, and you can get oh, through. Your but you're like one of those like power users for podcasts,
1: <laughs> William. You're one of those power users for podcasts <laughs> where you're like listening to them at like two X or three X speed. Like I'm so slow. <laughs>
0: I mean I, it depends. Like if the voice if the if the screen reader has like a New York accent and it speaks really fast, like I might be like if it's sl- like if it's a slower voice, then I have to speed it up. But like if it speaks as fast as I do, I might have to slow it down.
1: It's like, it starts every every website where it's like, Hey yo Bobby.
0: Yo yo Bobby, <laughs> you <laughs> got mail. Stuff to like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, one of the things that I always thought about accessibility, like the first thing that always came to mind was like always color. Like I knew that like, I knew uh, there are individuals who are unable to see red or like green. I think there's another color I'm not familiar with. And that that's always like a thing that I have to be mindful, that I'm mindful about. Like, oh man, it's red. I wonder if people can or cannot see this. And I know that there are ways to change your website. So like it has a certain shade that people who are unable to see red can see, but I don't Particularly, I didn't know beyond like the screen reader or like the, I know that there, the, there's like a, a, a reader for that like print braille. Is that something? Is that another different device that people can use? Yeah, um, they have like, like an
2: external braille keyboard. I have never used it. I don't know how to read braille, so I wouldn't really be able to use it. But about the color contrast thing, there is a Chrome plugin that you can use that will simulate color blindness.
1: Oh, oh that's pretty cool. I just worked on a like very chart heavy website, like for data visualization, and I feel like that would be a nightmare. Like to try and figure out how to do we were oh, yeah. we were trying to figure out how to even pick like ten colors to to like visual think- like have contrast, but like there are like guidelines. Like I, I think in the end we ended up picking like a recommended set of colors. So I think I think that probably like covered that.
2: Well, um, the other thing they recommend that you do is add texture in addition to color, and then that way, if somebody is fully straight up color blind, they can still mm, differentiate. See, so like, like if like there's like it's kind it's of with a tiny stripe. dots, and one with filled with big dots, and one that's filled with left direction downward stripy bits, and you know when with right direction stripy bits and et cetera, et cetera.
1: It's kind of funny because I was, I was reading, like, a bit of uh, visual display of quantifiable information, like the uh, the classic data visualization book. And that was one of the things that the author actually really hated. Like, he was like, I don't like this because it doesn't, like, convey any information to me. But, like, I don't, I think it was written in the 70s. So, like, he may not have been thinking about, like, the accessibility aspect of that and it definitely seems like it's it's easy to overlook
2: um, yeah it's definitely it definitely does not work as well as color if you are color sighted.
1: so in
0: our discovery or trying to figure out what are some tips and tricks that we can do to better our development process we found i found a top 10 list For making your website accessible. This is from UC Berkeley. .berkeley Webaccess.berkeley.edu has a link for for anyone who's interested. We'll probably put it in the show notes. But we could go down the top 10 lists and see what makes sense for us and what things we ran into in the past. And then, yeah, we'll take it from there. I'll start with the first one. First one says, choose a content management system that supports accessibility. I mean, I imagine, has anyone ever used a CMS that enabled us to that enabled you to be more accessible to your customers or your users when you were building your application.
1: I mean, I guess that, that kind of makes sense if you're using like WordPress or Drupal or like using some kind of a theme where you're, you're just building the content and then you're leaning on someone else to provide the accessibility aspect. But like if you're, if you're using like react or something like that, or like, you know, you're building something more bespoke the more atomic thing that I definitely have used in the past is like making sure that when you pick like a component library, like a set of default buttons and labels and input boxes and things like that, that they've already thought about the accessibility aspects of it for you, so you don't have to like redo it.
2: If you if your website allows users to upload images then allowing users to create their own alt text for those images is helpful because there's no way for you to go through and label all of those with appropriate alt.
1: Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, so definitely like lean on someone else to do the hard work for you, like find CMS or a component library that does accessibility like you know like Material UI React like is a great library that that About that kind of stuff. So another thing that is on this list that I did not really think about was like um, using headings to organize the structure of your content. So like actually using the semantic H1, H2, H3 as like a way to like nest levels of content. Right.
2: I would add to that using semantic. HTML elements from HTML5 whenever possible like using um like the like sidebar and navbar and whenever like button instead of a div that's styled to look like a button whenever you can use a native HTML5 element you get free screen reader interpretation if it's the if it's a semantic HTML5 element
1: right so like what is the utility of that i guess like if i'm Using a screen reader, I have some ability to, like, scan ahead or skip a section if it doesn't seem like it's relevant to me.
2: Yeah. So, you can, like, sort of type. Uh, so, I mean, the headers are the most important because you can type and search for content and have it jump from header to header. But...
1: Oh, man. Any, so it's any like, native it's
2: HTML5 a- element stuff, especially buttons, you're going to get better better behavior like if you tab buttons are automatically included in the tab order whereas divs are not so instead of having to add a tab index to your div you can just use a button element and then it's already in the tab order
1: right you gotta work smarter not harder so like works the screen reader like kind of has like built-in vimium plugin where you're like able to like search the page in like a a much better way i guess
2: yeah, also Vimium works better <laughs> if the website is accessible. I this uh, is oh like, yeah. um, <laughs> as a Vimium user, <laughs> I really appreciate <laughs> nice. accessible websites because it's easier to power, power, use be a, a keyboard power user. Oh, wow. oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like Vim being a Vimium user is a type of impairment. <laughs> Or a superpower, in either way. I'm dif- We're differently abled. <laughs> yeah.
0: The third one on this list I think we've been talking about for some time is the include proper alt text for images. So don't ignore those alt text uh, error messages on your linter, Dave. And make sure you properly uh <laughs> fill that in with the correct photo text. I mean I'm I'm picking on Dave, but I'm sure I'm really bad at that myself. Like, oh photo A. Like alt text is A and B and C. But I think alt text is very important so that we all know what the hell is happening here.
1: Right. Like I well like I I knew it was important. I was filling it in, but like I didn't I didn't understand like the, the context of why it was important or like why it might be relevant. Like the example I I saw recently was like, you've got a page and like there's, you know, maybe you have a list of things that you're like iterating over in react and you're rendering like all of them out and they're pretty much identical. Like, it's just like a link that says like download. (laughs) Right. Like it just said like download a million times. Oh, in your man. screen reader. Like, you just be like, why? Like, what? what is it? What am I downloading? So it's like, oh, you could like say in the alt text, like, download the photo, download the background or like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Very interesting. You mentioned the download link because number four is to give your links unique and descriptive names. So even in the alt text for a URL, not even the alt text for the URL, but actually the text in which you have would... Be useful and necessary for our user to know whether they're going to click or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just not uh, to do, yeah, do not just upload. Click here, click here. I mean, I imagine advertising is probably really annoying with the with the screen reader. Uh, oh, William, that's, you know-
1: <laughs> that's literally my favorite thing to do in emails, where I just write like like this here is a thing. <laughs> <I'm Yeah>. just, <laughs> <laughs> this total accessibility bad guy. I never knew Man. it.
0: <laughs> accessibility bad guy oh man that's my alter ego now <laughs> the accessibility bad guy number five on this list is use color with care I think I mentioned, uh, mentioned this before probably the one that I was aware of it said, the most common form of color deficiency is red green color deficiency affects approximately 8% of the population so be mindful with what colors you use Uh, And I think William mentioned that there is a tool that allows you to see a website with um, these different disabilities. So you can go through your website and check whether you're violating this rule or not.
2: Yeah, there's not just colorblindness, but also people who are low vision have a hard time with contrast, low contrast colors, even if they aren't like red, green, or any of the common colorblindness patterns. So WCAG 2.0 recommends uh, certain thresholds for color contrast. So the, the color contrast, there's a mathematical formula that uh, you can use to compute the contrast ratio between two colors. And it's going to be a number between 0 and 21, with 0 being it's the same color, and 21 being the difference between black and white. So I think it's like you need at least, it's like either, uh, so it depends on the size of the font. So it's different for a small font or a big font. And it depends on whether you're using the AA A or the AAA guidelines. The AAA guidelines are more strict, and I think it's like a minimum of three for large text and four point five for small text for double A, and then it's like minimum of like seven or nine for small and then four point five for large if you're using the AAA standard. I don't I'm not totally positive I got those numbers right, but you can you can double check me on um the WCAG 2.0 website.
0: Yeah, we went through the top 5 list right now. We can go to 6, but we're this conversation is really interesting and I would love to continue having a conversation on accessibility. And for those who are interested in, you know, taking a sneak peek of the list of that we're reading, probably check out the show notes. Uh we will have this. But this is like really interesting stuff. I'm really glad that uh well, William, with your expertise and Dave with your curiosity on on accessibility that we are I'm learning more stuff that I can do to make websites better.
1: Finally, I know what to do with that alt text. <laughs> Finally.
0: <laughs> yes. And, the, and my headings. My headings are H1s, H2s, H3s. Got to be good on that. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast.